Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is a Locker Room production. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Locker Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Funny Games for the evening. Well, that's it, fam. That is the end. That is uh, the season finale of Philadelphia Flyers hockey. It's at least uh, it's at least what four to seven games shorter than we all expected. I think we we're all expecting quite a bit more out of this team. To say this was a disappointing season is an understatement. This is, man, one of the most disappointing seasons of my lifetime. Um, probably top two just in terms of uh in terms of since the lockout you know uh there's that 22 and 60 season uh but at least they were able to turn that into you know they turned Peter Forsberg and the chemo team and then Scott Hartnell they go out and get Danny Briere uh they trade for what uh Jason Smith um did they get Lupel that off season too I feel like Lupel and Smith came together I don't know I don't remember that exactly but it sounds right to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, it, you know, time will tell if they have that kind of offseason. I really hope they do because I think they need some uh, some major upgrades and some cultural changes, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. But uh, I guess I want to say congratulations to Joel Farabee. Farabee scores his 19th and 20th goals of the season. He's the second youngest flyer ever to reach the 20-goal plateau. And holy shit to look at Eric Lindros's numbers and like obviously full season um, and all that. He was supposed to be a superstar, but 44 goals, <laughs> like youngest flyer ever to reach 20. And he got, he scored 44, like Jesus Christ, that dude was just phenomenal. Uh, I, I like, I grasped what Lindros was and I watched enough of Lindros to know how good he was, but I still think. I was just a tad young to fully appreciate it. I do now, uh, but to have lived that day in and day out must have really been something uh, for fans who are just a tiny bit older than me. Um, and just looking at those numbers, like, holy shit. But let us not look back. Let us look forward. Let us look at this season. Uh, let us look towards next season and the draft, the expansion draft, free agency trades, and uh, – 2021-22, man, this is this is going to be a tough decade for, I refuse to say 2021-2022, because that's dumb, like, 
Oh, it's the year 1,999. Like, no, that's dumb. Uh, but this is going to be a rough decade for saying the years, especially now with like 2022 coming up. Like, that's fucking insane. Uh, anyway, yeah, so congrats to Joel Farabee on 20 goals. Hell of a feat. At least it was something to root for down the stretch here after it looked like maybe he was uh, fading a bit after a strong start. And no, he uh, he picked it up at the end as well. Uh, it, it was something. Way to go, jo- uh, Way to go, Wade Allison. Uh, making yourself look like you're going to be a part of this future. Cam York looked pretty nice uh, in the limited you know amount of time we got to see him. He looks like he's going to be a player. So there are pieces moving forward. Obviously, all the veterans won't be gone, uh, but I would count on at least two of Jake, JVR, and Ghost. Uh, you know, parting with them, and you know we, we all have our mixed feelings about these guys, but they've been a part of it for a while. I just think more than anything else. Uh, change of scenery both for the players and for this locker room um, will benefit all sides. But we'll see how this season, uh, how this offseason plays out. Man, it has just been an exhausting, frustrating season. Uh, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in throughout the year. And I'm going to get to the speaker requests real soon. You're all going to get your chance to speak. But I just want to, off the bat here, thank everybody who tuned into the post games all season. I know the last two years with the post games, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitch, now we're on Locker Room. Uh, you know, you've had to follow me here. And I really appreciate that a lot of you have. And I really appreciate the uh, the listenership to both the post game and the entire podcast feed, you know, BSH radio, fly Perbole, all that shit. I name at the end of the show. So thank you all very much. As we wrap up this season, of course, broad street hockey, isn't going anywhere. Uh, we continue to bring you content throughout the off season. So do not fret. Uh, we'll be back. But with that said, let's get to you. Cause this show, as I always say is about all of you. Let's lead things off with Zach Boyle. Zach, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill, it's, uh, it's over. So uh, sweet relief, huh? All right, let's try this again. Zach, you're live on the post game. <laughs> can you hear me now, Bill? I can, yeah. I don't know how it, we got through the entire season without that happening, and then somehow I connected to the wrong headphones. Hey, you know what? It happens. Technology's a bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, just a note of positivity, I hope people appreciate just how freaking good Claude Giroux is. Uh, there, there are a few plays over his career that really stand out to me. I don't know if you remember this one, but he had that backhanded goal over the top shoulder of the Columbus goaltender to complete a. F- they were down four goals, I think it was. I think it was like six years ago. He completed, yeah, four game deficit. He scored in the last minute. They won the game. The shift, obviously, the yeah. goal against the Bruins in the playoffs. And then taking his skate to angle a pass to Sean Couturier. And Moose is, like, celebrating basically his 500th game. Like, this guy is a magician. If you don't appreciate how goddamn good he is, you're an idiot. Yeah, I agree. That was uh, that, that was a hell of a highlight. Uh, and it was, um, like, it, there are lots of times I, I want to be cynical, like, especially this time of year. Like, oh, cool, you made that play now. But we know Claude Giroux's, like, the one thing I'll never question about this team is Claude Giroux's effort level. So, like, he just makes these plays. And the the skill it takes to even be able to do that, and I think Taryn talked about it, like, at intermission. Like, what it takes to even think you can do it is incredible. 100%. He's, he's probably the best flyer that I'll ever see, at least that I've seen. I, I mean, I, I'm too young to remember Lindros, but... uh 
he's the best flyer I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. All right, thanks a lot, Zach. And that's uh, it's both true and it's a little a little depressing. Like he's likely the best flyer I'll ever see too. And uh, God damn it, God damn it. Like that's it's JVR, JVR, Giroux, and Voracek are all tied for the team lead in points. Um, and the 2012 team is finally all together. Like, way to go, guys. Uh, Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Warren. Warren, can you hear me? Hello. Warren. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, How you there, doing? there you are. Yep. I'm sorry about that. You're. I was going to say you're our MVP this year. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, great job that, uh, this year. I just wanted to comment on Carter Hart. We've all kind of forgotten about him. You know, he hasn't seen him in a while. That's really the key to next year is getting him straightened out and also getting a uh, young, maybe a younger backup that can, you know, kind of uh, follow him for 30, 35 games. Uh, I, I really think they got to get the goaltending straightened out. And then the, obviously defense, uh, they got a lot of defensemen and they need to maybe uh, – they need a number one defenseman. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, and, and then move into the floor. I think they have a lot of ch- changes to make. I'm just not sure, you know, what's going to happen here, uh, how much confidence I have in Fletcher. But I guess we'll find out how good of a GM he is. Yeah, we, we definitely will. And, listen, I'm not I'm not all that confident, and thanks a lot, Warren. I'm not all that confident in Chuck Fletcher. But the one thing I'll say is they do have the assets. They have – like all but one uh, draft pick between like now and the next three seasons, I believe. And they may have recouped the one they may have, that might've been a, the fifth round pick. So um, that they got from Michael Roffel. So they might have every draft pick between now and the next three seasons, which is, you know, you have that. And obviously what they lack in, in top end star talent, they more than make up for with, uh, with volume in terms of prospects. They have guys with, you know, high floors, they have guys that they think uh, will fill in in NHL rosters. And, you know, teams looking to sell always need more NHL players. So uh, I do think they will be able to make some moves. But, yeah, we'll we'll see about Chuck Fletcher. With the goalie thing, we've talked about it on post games for a while now. They, they need a different uh, approach. It can't just be, yeah, well, if Carter Hart, you know, can play 75% of the games – uh you know, we can just go with a guy who isn't that good or can't play that much, like Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott is a fine backup. We know this. When he plays too much, he gets exposed. He's old. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of always been a tandem goalie. Well, they need a guy who can be in a tandem now and shoulder a load for a week or two if Carter Hart goes into a slump. I expect Hart to bounce back, but they can't go into the season just being like, well, yeah, we'll be fine as long as Carter Hart's good. And then two weeks in, it's like, well, fuck, Carter Hart isn't good. We're wasting another year. Like, they need a backup plan, not just a backup goalie, but a backup plan. I'm not saying someone who will just oust Carter Hart and supplant Carter Hart and take over and we'll see Carter Hart when he's 25, 26. No, that's not what I want. I I want Hart to have a chance uh, to be this team's starting goalie, and I think he will but they need to have some sort of sustainable backup plan at the position. Uh, let's go to Jesse Murdoch. Jesse, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? I can. Yep, you're live. Awesome. Hey, I just want to say thanks for doing this this year, man. This has been pretty tough, but 
even after even after tonight, man, like seeing York out there, it really makes me feel better going into this next year. Like if you can get a a good piece for number one or even number two, he can definitely fill out like the middle of the defense for sure. Yeah, no, he'll. I think he'll absolutely factor in. Like I'd like to push everyone down a little on the depth chart uh, by acquiring. I think they need two defensemen, honestly, but uh, then we'll have to make decisions on who stays and who goes and all that. And there'll be competition for those positions, which is good. Like nobody has shown enough this season to be like, yep, pencil him in. And like, I'm not including York in that because he's played two games. Maybe he's a superstar. I have no idea. I'm just saying like, they need to go out and improve this defense, but they definitely have pieces. Like Ivan Provorov, maybe he's not the number one, but you still need Ivan Provorov as a number two. Like they still need him in that spot. Travis Sanheim, you know, pretty good second pair defenseman. Phil Myers, maybe he's a third pair defenseman, but him and Cam York on a third pair, that sounds pretty damn nice. It's two guys you can skate, uh, two guys who can maybe move the puck a little than, better than we saw this year. So uh, there are pieces. There absolutely are. And just seeing like York's ability to just keep it into the zone. Like that was so like it was I've never seen like Flyers Twitter like over the dumbest little thing. Like, oh my (laughs) end, look at look at him, look at him able to keep the puck in the zone at the point. Like and and, like I agree, (laughs) it's with Ivan Provorov, and I like Provorov, but like he he belongs nowhere near a power play. He is a fumble machine on the blue line. And Cam York in his like second career game looks 10 times better than him at it. Well, there's an improvement right there. Maybe the power play will be better. <laughs> Dude, that that's funny, man. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. It, it was just, it honestly was refreshing. It, I, I feel way more positive coming out of this game than I thought I would. Sure. Sure, and that's like we got to see York, we got to see Allison, uh, Farabee gets to 20 goals. At least, like, yes, this season was a waste, it was a major disappointment, I'm mad at the organization. But, like, at least the end of the year wasn't a complete waste of time. At least they used a couple of, excuse me, a couple of games at the end to, like, get a look at some guys that we think are going to be part of this going forward. No, that yeah, it it really was. No, it was a good, optimistic way to go out. Hey, thanks thanks again, Bill. This has been awesome. I oh, appreciate it, Jesse. All right, let's go to Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're live on the post game. Bill, my man, what is How going on? How are you? Oh, just uh, looking forward to – I'm like a kid. This is like the last day of school right now. Like uh, we, we've got locker cleanouts tomorrow, exit interviews. There will be one more Broad Street Hockey Radio, and then it's on to the off season. Now, we still do Broad Street. We still do Broad Street like during the, uh, during the off season, but it's just a totally different mindset. Um, sorry, I was talking to another friend. You're good. You're um, good. Um. But yeah, a couple things. First of all, I know it's already been said quite a bit, but thank you for the post games and being like our therapy because like <laughs> this season, it's been it's just been a year, man. Like it's just been a shit season, and we were just so looking forward to it. Like we've yeah, been through was... bad seasons, you know. It's yeah, not hard. Yeah. We've lived through bad seasons. It was the expectations that killed yeah. us this year. We were so like... excited. It's like, and, it, and it, it must be because of the past decade, because there was a time where we would qualify for postseason every year. It wasn't until the year we made it all the way to the Stanley Cup finals that we ended up missing the playoffs every other year. So that 
that's I don't know if that's just I hope it doesn't become a thing this decade because that was, you know, we made it 2010, 2011, 2012. I think we made it missed 2013, May 2014, missed 2015. And it was just like a cycle of missing and making like. It, yeah, it, it, I really expected that cycle to end this year and they just came out and gave us more of the same. Yeah. And honestly, it's 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 rough. But like, honestly, I really I truthfully hope that Fletcher does actually make the moves and say the things that he has said that, oh, well, the defense is going to be revamped. Well, all right, let's see it get done. Because honestly, if he's not going to make the move, I'm sorry, somebody else has to take his place and make the move because ownership has been a problem. And it even been said in the comments, like ownership has been a problem with this organization for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it's... They it it just doesn't get run the way it used to be, and I'm not saying the Ed Snyder era was perfect. Like, listen, no, it was. from wrong. yeah, from from 1976 to 2016 when he died, like they won exactly zero cups. Right. But you know, they were in it every single year. They were contenders right. from they 1976 were, to like 2012. You know, they were, yeah, they were playing their hearts out. They were you know really digging down. They had a lot of the. A lot of the rookies weren't, you know, I mean, not saying that they are today, but like a lot of the, you know, call ups and, you know, I mean, the injuries were bad, but that's like almost every season. Our, in, the injury bug early bites us in the worst of possible times. But like, and um, a couple other things. I honestly want to say, like, honestly, congrats to, you know, Elliot for, even if this is his last hurrah as a, as a flyer, I honestly hope wherever he goes, he does well. Cause like, he deserves it, you know? It's Yeah, I wonder if this is it for him totally. Like, he just had terrible numbers this year. Obviously, he got overused. He's 36. Right. He's been in 500 games. I wonder if this is it for him. I'll, I'll, I'll always appreciate the effort he gave us. He he battled. Like, yeah, was he 100%. a stud? No. But he worked his ass off for this. Yeah, game. I mean, honestly, I, it's a shame we couldn't really, like, get him, like, a cup or some, yeah. some type of... Like, some kind of run, something. Some kind of run to, like, go forward. And the other player is uh, Limblom for getting the Bill Masterton trophy. Like, I truthfully hope he wins it after all he's been through. Like, okay, yes, this past season when he played, he wasn't exactly the greatest. But then again, that could be chalked up to, you know, he missed, how many months was it of hockey before he finally came back? Four months, three, four months, roughly? Yeah, it was It was a while. And, yeah, it was, what, eight eight, nine months between games for him. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah. And I, I really do think Lindblom's taking it home this year. Like last year, it, it went to Bobby Ryan and it was like, well, yeah, Bobby Ryan came back. Now that like Lindblom came back, played the full season, like Lindblom got in a goddamn fight this year, you know? Like now yeah, that exactly. I think he's back on the ice, back on the team, I I fully expect uh, Lindblom to, to take home the Masterson trophy this year. And like I even said, you know, like I said, between him and Patrick, it's like, you know, um, you know, I honestly expect that, you know, these guys, these guys are definitely headed in the right direction. I trust that management isn't going to be stupid and, you know, trade them away like they've done with Williams and Carter or, or and uh, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards and all that. I'm trusting not heading in that same direction again, because so help me God, if we do, um, but, you know, honestly, and even some of these rookies, like, you know, between, honestly, it would, it would honestly surprise me if Allison and, um, 
Allison and York don't end up with on a, on a roster spot some sometime next season. No, if I I'm... fully I fully expect them to be on the team out of camp. I mean, Allison has been nothing, uh, but he's looked dangerous. He's been in the right spots. He works. He can play a physical game. He does mm-hmm. the things they need him to do, and he freaking shoots, which is like something they desperately need. And York, yeah. I, I think with the changes they're going to make to the defense uh this off season I, I don't see anyone really blocking york's path uh unless oh, they unless they make some major additions and like really bring in some talented guys i don't see anybody blocking york's path i mean i feel like that would kind of defeat the purpose of the development of the rookies if they're going to be bringing in talent like yeah i know they want to be in a win now type of mode but at the same time that's going to be up to management like is management actually going to make you know move the right pieces, pull the right strings, make the right phone calls? Or are we just going to get like a, oh, yeah, we signed this guy Gustafson, and, you know, nobody even knows who he is, but he had a 50-point season. Like, And I think the the that idea of that kind of offseason kind of scares me, but I don't think history, or at least I hope history won't repeat itself, and Fletcher will just be like, yeah, I signed this one guy, had a 50-plus season, eh, let's see how he goes. Yeah, I, I hear you, Nikki. Uh, thanks a lot. And, like, I just think it's been going on long enough. They've been doing this rebuild long enough that we know what we have in a lot of these guys. And bringing in – like, I don't want to bring in – like I said earlier, if Myers and uh, York – if that's, like, your third pair next season, that's real good. Now, they got to bring in a top defenseman and someone to pay, play in the middle pair with Sanheim. Like, I think those two things are necessary, but I don't think they're going to do anything to block the paths. As far as Nolan Patrick goes, I don't think Nolan Patrick is the least bit comparable to uh, to Oscar Lindblom because Oscar Lindblom, like, did he look right? Did he look like the guy we saw before before the diagnosis? No, he didn't at all this season. But he looked like he was working. And he had a much more productive season. He looked like he looked much more like he belonged than Nolan Patrick. I really think Nolan Patrick at this point is a lost cause. I think he is included in a uh, trade package to bring in some sort of upgrade on this team, whether it's a uh, a top six scorer or a uh, a top pair defenseman. I think Nolan Patrick is part of that package. It won't be centered around him, but I think he's part of it. I think maybe a change of scenery for him. Uh, maybe not uh, like. I don't care about his career at this point. Like, yeah, if it works out, it works out cool. But I think maybe it would wake him up to be like, oh, shit, I'm not like uh, being the former number two overall pick is only going to get me so far. But uh, I don't really care about his success at this point. I care about the team's success uh, and bringing in better players is something they absolutely need to do. I've listen, if Nolan Patrick comes back and he breaks out and he looks like that, uh, you know, another great piece at center and it's Couturier, Hayes, Patrick down the middle. And we have everything we thought we did two years ago with this group. Awesome. Cool. I will be so wrong and so happy about it, but shit, man, I don't see it at all with Nolan. Uh, let's see. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live. Uh, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight? Uh, not bad. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks for doing the post games and everything with the, Steph, Kelly, and uh, Charlie appreciate it. Uh, they, they're fun as hell to listen to. Um, w- one thing I want to hit you with is, um, obviously this year was a struggle. Um, I don't know. I would really hate to see JVR go uh, only with because he played really good this year. If he does, obviously it is what it is uh, coming up with the expansion draft. You're, I'd rather see Nolan Patrick go. 
that being said, if he does go and he puts up the numbers that he did this year, it's really going to put a thorn in my side at least uh, to know that we really missed out on the guy that could have had another productive year with us. That's uh, like as far as the expansion draft goes, like I'd much rather lose Jake than uh, than Correct. JVR because like two years with seven million, like to get his sort of production, that's like what you're going to spend either way. Uh, I don't think you're gaining anything other than cap space there, and they're going to need cap space to make uh, make some of the moves they need to make. Nolan Patrick, uh, like I'd be all for trading him. Losing him in the expansion draft is like a worst case scenario because he makes nothing. Like yeah. you get you you lose a guy for nothing and you get no relief. Like, do I think he has a ton of value? No. Do I think he be can be included in a package? Uh, for a good player, I do. So, like, that's like a worst case scenario as far as I'm concerned is saying goodbye to Nolan Patrick and getting nothing in return, including salary cap relief. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the same way there. Uh, I want to throw a name out, and obviously he's not available, but I want to throw out someone by the name of uh, Garnett Hathaway. Would you take him if he was available? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, there's. I, yeah, I do too. And for the reason he's not as an enforcer as Tom Wilson, but he's I feel like he'd be the guy that if Chuck Fletcher or Vino or anyone, maybe Claude Giroux goes up and says, could you be the enforcer for this team or just for a game, you know, hit some guys. He'd be the guy. Uh, I'd love to have someone like him on our team. Uh, maybe he has a dirty hit or two during the season, whatever. So be it. NHL player safety is a fucking joke anyway. So whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd love to have someone by that name. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, obviously not him, but uh, it'd be interesting to have someone like him uh, on our team. Uh, another thing is, too, it's just from a funny standpoint, and then this is it, and then I'll let you go. I don't want to be on here too long. Um, is when you first started taking callers uh, in this, it was probably a couple times, probably a couple episodes in, there was like, I was crying behind the scenes, but there was a time when you took four or five callers in a row, and I don't know if you couldn't hear them, but they were speaking, and you were going once, twice, and they were talking, and you just kept fucking throwing them off, and I was fucking crying. That's. It seems like if uh, if it's on speaker, I don't know what it is because I've never been on the other end, but like you, like the listeners can hear. And I can't unless the settings are like a certain way. Like it's really weird because when I listen back, like I'm editing the show so I can put it up on the podcast channel. Like I'll listen back and be like, oh, well, that's it. Like there'll just be a real weird looking part of the audio <laughs> where the levels are all different. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's that every time. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So yeah, figuring this app out has been a, it's been an interesting part of this season. Yeah, it's uh no, it's it's a good tool though. I appreciate you taking me and uh obviously uh listening to all the other people's uh questions and concerns with how bad this team was this year. But uh like I said again, I appreciate Bill and, and uh enjoy your summer. All right, thanks a lot, Hunter. Appreciate it. Uh yeah, in terms of the idea of like an enforcer, I did want to get to this. Like two parts. One, I do wonder, especially if division teams are going to look at and they've had to deal with Tom Wilson for some time now, but it's finally to the point you look at what happened to um, you look at what happened to Artemi Panarin. You know, imagine if they were in the playoff race. You can't like you just can't let that shit go, and you need a certain type of player to be able to answer Tom Wilson. I wonder if there's going to be 
kind of a push to get more of uh, those types of guys into lineups. I really thought Nicholas Albay-Cubell was going to be that guy for the Flyers, and he shows flashes, but goddamn, like all he does is commit stick penalties. Led the team in uh, led the team in penalty minutes. Led the team in minors. None of them are like roughing. None of them are just like him losing his shit and fucking somebody up. They're all yeah, he cross checked the guy he didn't need to. Yeah, he got a stick in there. It's a hook. Like he had two fights. He got in two fights this year. And like, grit. granted, I think the team leader had three, but like Joel Farabee got in two fights. Like. Uh, I don't know, man. I, Nicholas Albay-Cubell, there's a long list of disappointments, but just in terms of guys I thought you could pencil into a lineup and they could be a, a nice depth piece for you, I, I thought NAK was going to be one of those guys. And, man, uh, if they can if they can replace him, I am all for it uh, heading into next season. They need a lot, absolutely. And he's not at the top of the list, but... They need to find somebody better than him, or they need to find somebody tougher than him, preferably both, because he just, uh, what I thought he was going to be and what he showed me this year, two totally different things. All right, Ian Ackerman. Ian, you're live on the post game. Hey, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight? Uh, Okay. Um, You know, we made it to the end of the year, um, and looks like the kids, they might be all right. There was some good stuff. From uh, Allison, York, and Farabee tonight, and I'm hoping it's a glimpse of something for next year, but I don't know. I don't want to have to wait and see, but we're going to have to wait a few months. Yeah, we are. It's uh, And maybe like if there's ever a year, and this is like something I'm going to say on the show and I'm going to get roasted for it, Like, but we've kind of danced around it. Like If there was ever a year to have a disappointing season, maybe it's this one and you can get kind of a normal off season in. You can kind of just hit the ground running. You don't have to deal with late playoff surgeries, that kind of shit. No, I'd much rather have to deal with that and have the chance of making a run. But like if next year is going to be a normal year, 82 games, fans in the stands, uh, Carter Hart pulls his head out of his ass. The defense mm-hmm. remembers that they're called defensemen. Uh, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. It feels like shit right now, but you know, it seems like they have some pieces. They right. just need to fix this thing. They need to fill out the roster. I question if Chuck Fletcher can do it, but they shouldn't be close to this bad next year. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, I mean, the game, oh, my God, in the beginning, it looked like we might be getting blown out again. I mean, it was just turnover after turnover. And NAK, like you said about disappointments, I mean, whew, he looked terrible tonight. Yeah, he's just – he was a guy I really had, like, not high hopes for. I didn't think he was going to make an all-star game or anything. Right, but right. Like, a 12-goal a kind of guy who can, like, mess some people up. A physical presence, a momentum-type player every night. And, man, he just – he hasn't delivered on that at all. Right, like you said, like, somebody – you know, I've seen far too many clips this year of, you know – guys on the opposing team taking, you know, shots at our guys and just nobody standing up. And that just, that can't happen. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not like they have an enforcer, but when you kind of play NAK's way, I expect a little bit that uh, you're going to answer the bell sometimes. And he just, that just hasn't been the case with him whatsoever. Right. Uh, I just got a question before I leave. Is do that? Did they say next year's schedule is it going to be like all within the division again, or is it going to be like a normal schedule? Or do you I, not know yet? I think it's going to be normal. I haven't. Uh, 
haven't seen anything about that yet. I'm sure like a lot like the uh, these playoffs, like they don't know how they're going to be able to do the final four and everything yet. Like, and if, you know, a Canadian team gets to the Stanley cup final, how they're going to end up dealing with that. Hopefully by the time we get there, uh, we have a little bit more resolution in terms of what sort of uh, COVID restrictions there are. Hopefully cases are down across the board enough yeah. that there are like little to no, uh, few to no restrictions, but I guess we'll have to see, but I assume next season's kind of going to be a uh, a regular year by that point. I mean, shit, September 2021, that'll be 18, what, 19 months since the start. So I right. can't imagine it's it's as screwed up as it is now, definitely. Right. Well, I hope so. And uh, again, like everybody said, thank you guys for, you know, doing the post game and the the podcast and stuff. It gives me something to look forward to listening to and, uh, you know, hope you enjoy your summer and, uh, Go Phillies and Sixers. Yeah, much appreciated, Ian. Thanks a lot. All right, let's go to Chris Krochak. Chris, you're live on the post game. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Um, It's finally over. (laughs) It is. It's Um, over. That's it. Yeah, you know, I was just trying to find the positives tonight. I think uh, we probably just watched the last game for a lot of guys. Probably, you know, Ghost probably not here next year. You know, someone's going to go to Seattle. They're going to make a trade or two. So, you know, love him or hate him, I think uh, this is the last uh, version of this team that we might see for, well, forever. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I was just trying to take that all in. Um, but I want to say one bright spot, I think a couple other people mentioned it. I really like what I've been seeing from Wade Allison and I know it's only a small sample size, but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When he was drafted a couple of years ago, I feel like there's a lot of comparisons that he kind of fits that Wayne Simmons, uh, you know, kind of scrappy forward who has, uh, you know, knows how to get to the net, get to those dirty areas, get those greasy goals. And he just seems like he's got some, you know, some good intensity. And I think that's something we've been lacking. And I think that's, he might be a nice piece. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, he, maybe not, maybe not the fighter, maybe not the enforcer that Wayne Simmons was, but I do think he can get those types of goals and bring you that type of energy on a nightly basis. Certainly looked like it tonight. And I like it. We'll have all off season to focus on the negative and we've been doing it for a couple of months now. So tonight I do like the idea of just kind of, you know what, it's over and there were a few good things, not nearly enough, like not nearly enough good things, but I think we can kind of focus on a few positives tonight. And, you know, I feel like we've been saying it for years now, but Drew's still got gas left in the tank. So he really does. Been, I I, I, I hope so badly they get him the help that this team needs so that in the next couple of years they can make that run that's we've we've been dying for for so long because, God damn, if he's not still the heart and soul of this team, like he's out there tonight in a game that does not matter a little bit working his ass off. Like he doesn't need to. I've been calling for him and Couturier to get scratched for the last couple of weeks because what's the point? Why get them hurt now? But he's out there being a hockey player working his ass off. Yeah, and he's still, you know, doing behind the back deflections with his yeah. foot to get the puck to, you know. So, hey, let me ask you a question. I don't know if you uh, saw the uh, the comments from Jack Eichel today where he. 
pretty much all but said that he doesn't want to be in Buffalo anymore. Do you think uh, there's any possibility that Chuck Fletcher might might take a look there? That's a great question, Chris. I was hoping we would get to something like this, and thanks a lot. Like, with Jack Eichel, man, those comments. Like, he he wanted to get the herniated disc basically in his neck. Uh, he wanted it surgically repaired, and the team doctor said, you don't need it, and they basically overruled his second opinion from, from what I heard. Uh, and it doesn't seem like that relationship's going to be repairable. Um, man, I wonder, you know, a $10 million player is a really tough ad. Now, you know, say Seattle, say Seattle takes, uh, Jake, there's like eight, 8.25 off the books right there. It's, it becomes a lot more doable. Now, do you want to blow it all on one guy? Um, man, Jack Eichel's really fucking good. It's not like the team would get worse by adding Jack Eichel, but. One, I would, I would hope, I would, I would have to know he's got a clean bill of health because a neck surgery, uh, you know, this is a tough sport to begin with. There's a lot of injuries to guys who don't have uh, chronic neck neck issues. And two, not positive about his attitude. Now, I'd take Jack Eichel. Don't get me wrong. I just this team needs some sort of uh, this team needs some sort of culture change. I don't know if Jack Eichel fits that description, but like obviously you make exceptions for exceptional players and he is one. So I, I don't think it's like in the cards. I definitely don't think they trade him in the East and they'll probably be when things get aligned back to normal back in our, div- or they were in our division this year. Never mind. They're usually not. So scratch that. Uh, but I would assume they'd want to send him West, but you know, it's the Pagulas. They're going to do whatever's best for them in terms of uh, in terms of the finances of the whole situation. All right, Alex Gold. Alex, you're live on the post game. Alex, can you hear me? Hello. I know this is up oh, there. You are. What's up, Alex? Good. I'm good. You know, hanging in there. Uh, just wanted to start by saying again, thank you, Bill, for doing this. Of course. As always. Um, also, that Claude Giroux is really good at hockey. I know it's a controversial statement. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's just still really good at putting a little black disc into a goal. Um, I like what's going on with Wade Allison. I like what's going on with Cam York. But I haven't been able to actually watch Cam York play. How does he look? Like Poised. Uh, like poised. I wouldn't say he's done anything flashy. I wouldn't say he's like, he looks like Kale McCarr or anything out there, but he just looks like he belongs, which is a big first step, especially for a guy in his like first, second NHL game. That's been my biggest takeaway so far. Yeah. Every time I listen, I don't hear his name turning over the puck or doing anything silly or missing a coverage or anything, which is a good sign. Um, and like we've been saying, the defense is the problem. So we we all want that number one defenseman, but who is even realistically out there to get this offseason? Like, is Dougie Hamilton actually a thing? I mean, Dougie, Dougie Hamilton is a – he's an unrestricted free agent. Now, it's going to take some 
it's going to take some maneuvering to open up the space to make it possible. It starts with the expansion draft. One of their expensive guys has to go, and then they have to make some trades. He's going to – I assume Dougie Hamilton's going to get nine, ten million bucks. Like, that's that's what it's going to cost you. But they have to go out and make a move like that. Maybe they can trade for Ryan Ellis. Uh and that'll have to be a pre-expansion trade move or pre-expansion draft move just because, you know, after the after the expansion draft, maybe Nashville isn't in position. They're like, well, hell, all right, it's over with. We don't have to move on from one of these guys. But I think there will be uh, opportunities for Chuck Fletcher to pull the trigger, and it's just going to be, can he get it done? So it's going to cost one Jake Voracek, basically, to move on. Like, oh, yeah, it's... Do you think you can, like... Talk Seattle into that. I know they want to keep their salary cap low, but do you think they could be persuaded, maybe? Or did that might have to come at the cost of a couple of prospects? I think they'd probably want to move picks, but obviously, you know, Seattle would want uh, players with names attached to them. I do think there is a, a, a bribe scenario where you can get, you know, some draft picks going Seattle's way so that they take Jake Voracek, something like that. Um, And it'll be tough. Like, I know we all have – I have a – you know, I have an odd Jake Voracek. I I really like him, but he does frustrate me. But uh, we'll miss his production if we don't replace it. But what they're able to – what they're able to do with that money otherwise, I think will be an upgrade. Exactly. And if Dougie Hamilton needs some museum buddies to go around Philly with, um, I know Kelly is probably willing to volunteer, and I would like to volunteer my services as well. So, uh, Dougie, uh, come home. Come home, Dougie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, Dougie, I, yeah, I think everybody, I think most people listening would be willing to uh, go. We'll run up the art museum steps with Dougie, and then we'll actually go inside with him. Uh, we won't just we won't just sit there and take pictures with the Rocky statue. We'll actually go in and look at some of the uh, look at some of the art with Dougie Hamilton if he if he so desires. Uh, Mister Sixty Nine, glad we heard from you on the final night. What's up, Sixty? Uh, Bill, not much. Thanks again for doing these all season. Uh, it's an incredible job that you guys do at, uh, at Broad Street Hockey. Um, I'd say the funniest thing that like I still can't get over about this season has to be. Nolan Patrick is somehow, I know plus minus really doesn't matter, but somehow minus 30 and Scott Lawton is plus 13. (laughs) No, it's, I always like plus minus doesn't matter. I do like to look for like major outliers though. And like the Flyers are a dead minus team, you know. Uh, But when you see a guy like plus 12 on a team that's like minus 40, it is ridiculous. And then you, you look at, the ice time that Nolan Patrick plays to have the minus number he does. Like, again, it's not like plus minus is some great stat. It means very little. But when you see these outliers, like, oh, he gets he gets scored on all the time and never, ever scores. Like, that's <laughs> that, that doesn't it doesn't seem good. I'm not Charlie with the analytics, but that seems pretty bad. Yeah. They no, never score sure. when he's on the ice. Yeah, no, seriously, it's it is pretty bad. But um, no, I I hundred percent agree with like your take. With I think there needs to be some sort of like enforcer or someone that they bring on because Knack, like for I don't, I don't know, he's not worth the one million dollars or whatever we just signed him to that little extension we gave him. But 
I'd rather I, I totally get like why AB or whoever thought of putting more like Sam Moran as a winger on the fourth line. They they just realize they're like, well, he's only going to play nine minutes a night, and we do need a guy that's in the lineup that can actually like drop the gloves and stand up for his teammates. I, I totally get the experiment after watching this entire season. Yeah, definitely. Like I, when they tr- when they proposed it, they also thought they had like a pretty deep blue line. Uh, so it was like, oh yeah, Eric Gustafson, he's not the worst, which he turned out to be. And like Mark Friedman was still a part of the team. So we're looking at like nine defensemen, ten defensemen ahead of uh, ahead of Moran. I, I I understood the idea. It just turned out um, he's not very good at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely it's it's definitely not high on the priority list, but like he I think Chuck Fletcher does need to bring in a couple like third line, fourth line guys and obviously like second and first line, so let's just say the entire forward group, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they they need whether it's making some making certain guys realize they have to play tougher or bringing in dudes who can play that way they need that culture change it's not just in the locker room it'll show itself on the ice too with uh with players like that like let us not forget the back with a vengeance season not only did they bring in danny briere they brought yeah. in some pretty tough motherfuckers too like they had like nine ten suspensions by december that year like it was nuts how tough they tried to make that team like jason smith wasn't just there to be a mentor he was there to cross-check people if they needed cross-checking exactly also uh last thing before i go uh Beer of the night. I know. I know you got to be drinking and celebrating with something. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I have some leftover Millers in the fridge and polishing them off tonight. So it's a pure Miller light Miller light night tonight. All right. Thanks, Bill. All right, take it easy, sixty. And the last caller of the night, Jeff Wolber. Jeff, you are live on the post game. Oh, well, I definitely don't deserve the honor of uh, closing out <laughs> the season, but. Uh... I was just going to ask a stupid question, actually, which you probably already covered. But so I'm thinking, um, am I crazy to actually want Ghost to be protected from the expansion draft? I know his contract is huge, but he's been like one of the only things other than Farabee that I've really enjoyed watching. And Couturier always making that clutch play like when you need it most. So I don't know, and along that same line, what I the question I had for you, Bill, was um, whether you you think we should actually protect some of our younger players. Like, I, I'm not sure exactly how the rules work, but I'm actually worried about somebody like you know Cam York or or Allison just getting picked up on the cheap by Seattle. Yeah, York and Allison. York and Allison aren't eligible. Guys in their first and second years aren't eligible. Uh, Liz, I love Ghost. I really do. Uh, Like, if you could guarantee me, like, if Elaine Vigneault called me on the phone and was like, no, I'm going to give Shane Gostisbehere a shot to be, like, power play quarterback, third pair defenseman, he's going to get a fair shake at this thing. Yeah, I'd be all for it. But since I don't think that's going to happen, I want that four and a half million dollars to go towards somebody who's going to be a major part of the team. Yeah, I I, I get that. I know. I, I think you know. I I just think I'm looking at Provorov. He had kind of a dub, dud season, and for some reason he couldn't hold the blue line. That's always been an issue with him. Yeah, and he's real bad at it. Cam York and like today he held the blue line like six clutch times on the power play. Like I, I was like, oh, he held it again. Like good for him. Like right on the blue line. That's his job. And I'm like, you know, and Ghost does a pretty good job of holding the blue line, too. I, I don't know. I think 
I, I like Ghost on our team. I really do. Um, I just think his salary is a bit too much, but that's it. That and that's the thing right now is they need to make changes to this team. And thanks a lot, Jeff. They need to make changes to this team, and they don't have the money to do it without getting rid of some guys. Like I am a fan of all three players I want to see go this offseason. I like Jake. I like JVR. I like Ghost. I own two. I own two Shane Gosses pair jerseys. Like I don't want to see these guys go. But in order to make the team as good as it needs to be, they need that money. They need to put it elsewhere. Uh, you know. Uh, and now with Cam York, maybe Cam York isn't what Ghost is, uh, but I, I don't see as much of a spot available for for both York and uh, and, and Shane Gostaspare. I just think, like I'm looking at right now, a third pair of York and Myers, and then where do you play Ghost? Like he's clearly not a top pair defenseman. Um, I don't like the idea of him and Sanheim together. I want upgrades at those spots next to Provorov and next to Sanheim. Well, that means somebody has to go, and it's going to be the guy who makes $4.5 million that the coaches don't seem to like that much. It's just, just the way it goes at this point. And that is where we're going to leave you for the evening. Uh, that is all the time I have for you in the post game. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out as you have all season. Very much appreciated. Uh, listen. These uh, these little chats, they won't be as frequent, but I'm hoping to do one a week during the offseason. We're going to do like Q&A mailbag sort of situation. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, make sure you have the locker room app downloaded. Make sure you're following me, Bill Matz, so you get the alerts uh, whenever I am live. And I'll be taking calls, doing all the normal stuff that we do in the post games. hopefully once a week during this offseason, at least for the first few months, uh, get us through expansion draft, draft, free agency, all that stuff, uh, and maybe some playoff post games. But I wouldn't count on that. I really wouldn't. Uh, I say it, but who knows? But, yeah, I want to be able to do uh, once a week just doing this. Uh, I, I still have a little bit of an obligation to locker rooms, so I'm going to need to knock those out one way or another. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. We will be recording probably Thursday this week, the flagship show. So if you have not already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom. You'll have the post games. You'll have the flagship BSH. You'll have fly purbly, all sorts of content delivered to you right when we post it. So you'll never miss a show. You won't need to go anywhere else for your flyers coverage. All right. That's it. Um, thanks guys. It, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a major fucking disappointment. It really sucked at points, but would have sucked a lot worse without being able to talk to all you about it. So take it easy uh, until next season. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>